welcome to the Once Blind Podcast, your host, Carlos. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Once Blind. Today, lies that the church has told me, and we are going to tackle a cliche, right, or Christianese of, I have a piece about it. I feel, I feel a piece about it. And the sad part is, is that teachers and so-called pastors have taught this. People have grabbed a hold of this. Uh, there are plenty of books out on it where it's one scripture taken out of context, used to make people feel good about themselves. And it's this, it's new age uh, stuff creeping into the church and it, it's it's everywhere. This isn't one of those that I'm pretty sure there's going to be people here who are going to say, ah, uh, well, I, I feel a piece about it. So, ha, ha no. <laughs> so the idea of I feel a piece about it, right? So it's interesting because I used to believe that this was biblical. I used to believe that this was something that Many people, and I'm looking at my phone because I want to read the scripture and I'm cheating. And rather than having the Bible next to me, I'm using an electronic device. Oh, the Calvinists are going to hate me. No. <laughs> so this idea of I feel a peace about it comes from Philippians 4 and it's verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And if you read 6, which because it's a complete sentence, right? So the complete context of what is being written here, if I were to grab this out of nowhere, if, if everything in the Bible was removed and it was only this sentence, these two verses, and it starts verse 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. If you're reading it there, then the idea is that God gives out this, this peace, right? Because we prayed about it. And then that's usually what happens, right? And this is the scenario that I most see this in. And it's, it's vice versa too, because it's some people that say, I don't have a peace about it. So I was doing marital counseling once. And at this point, I was talking just to the husband. And the husband says to me, I don't love my wife anymore. I'm not attracted to her. We don't get along. And I've been praying about divorcing her. And when I took him through scriptures and showed him that these, these reasons that he's giving aren't reasons for divorce, he says, you, 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 I feel a peace about it. God has given me peace about it. And this is the thing that it, it is basically a person affirming their decision of what it is that they want to do. And you, you can't fight that because God gave them a peace about it. Hmm. I've also heard it where people are asked to help out in a certain ministry and that, you know, they, they'll say, oh, I got to pray about it. And then they'll come back because they don't want to do it and saying, 
I, I don't feel a piece about cleaning bathrooms. I'm supposed to be teaching in the front of the, the church. I don't feel a piece about this. My, my soul is struggling with this. And it's New Ageism. That's all it is, is New Ageism. Because how, 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 how do you take a scripture, right? And this scripture in its context, if anyone knows the Bible, Paul was writing this from a prison, he was set to be executed. He didn't have any hope that he would be <clears throat> released. He didn't have that hope. That's not what was going on. He knew what was going to happen because the Holy Spirit already told him. When you read through Acts, you already know he knows what's going to happen. And that peace that he may be even talking about is the sense of, it's okay. But he got his peace from God, not from his own delusion of, I'm okay with this. No, no. It's in spite of, hey, I'm going to die. Hey, I'm going to be crucified. Hey, I'm going to be in jail. For some odd reason, I have peace. And it surpasses my understanding. Why would I have peace? This must be from God. But he's going to be crucified. And here's the thing. If we're going to say that God only gives us peace, right? That that's God's way of saying, yes, this is what I want for you. Then why did Jesus in Gethsemane not have peace? He didn't have peace. He was in agony, the Bible says. If this cup may pass from me. But let thy will be done. Hebrews calls it a shame. Okay, he despised that shame. In Hebrews, look it up, you'll see. He didn't go, he didn't embrace the cross like, oh, this is so peaceful. This is so awesome. When they put nails through his, his, his body, his legs, his hands, he wasn't at peace. When they were mocking him, he was not at peace. But he said, let thy will be done. So he went through the agony and the pressure and everything and then the turmoil, okay? The everything. He went through everything in, in that one day. Not because he felt a peace about it, but because it had to get done. Paul was not peaceful that he was in prison. He was at peace with the fact that he is at prison. And I'm pretty sure you guys understand what I'm saying. See, in, in, in my own life and in, in, in what's going on, right? Most of you guys already know, I've talked about it. Uh, we, me and my wife, we lost a child. We, we lost a child. And while we were going through the, the knowing that it, it was eventually going to happen, we, we didn't have a peace like, oh, this is, this is great. We prayed and then we gave God our supplications and we thanked him just for even listening to us. But yes, Lord, your will be done. If I am a Christian and I believe in the afterlife and as a Christian reading the Bible, 
right? And that, that's the key, reading the Bible. I know where my daughter's going to be. So I wasn't at peace with my, my child not being with me. I wasn't at peace with that. But what I was at peace with is that I knew that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And as a father, isn't my goal to make sure to train them up to get there? See, and that's what people don't understand. We, we're not supposed to get our peace from the things of this world or getting something of this world. We should be testing our decisions and everything that we have with the Bible. Whatever the Bible says, that's where we get our peace from because those are the words of God. I, sh I shouldn't have a peace about what a decision I'm going to make. Like, like, who cares if I'm at peace about it? I take whatever it is that I have to decide and I test it to scriptures. And if the scriptures, okay, align with whatever this decision is, then I'm not at peace because he loves me so much. He wants this for me. No, I'm at peace that I'm not going against God. You see, the difference is that this peace that surpasses all understanding is about the fact that we have been reconciled to him. In, in Acts, Paul teaches that, that we have a peace with God. We were at enmity with God. And he, through what he did and everything that he made happen so that we could have salvation, he has put a peace between us. And that is beyond our understanding, or at least it should be, because why would God want peace with me? Everything about me has always been towards self, not Christ. It's the Holy Spirit that changes us to, to keep us in peace with him so that we're not at enmity. But before we're his, and we talked about this already, before we were adopted, we weren't at peace with God. And the fact that he has peace with us, no one can explain that. That surpasses understanding. So in reading this scripture, I don't take this as whatever I pray, God, God's going to give me peace. And that's his yes. Because going back to the original example, God's not going to give you peace to sin. It's okay. Go ahead. Go sin. I'll, get, I'll give you peace about it. And that's the problem. And this is why I thought this was so important because today I was hearing a, a so-called pastor who some people respect, you know, it's not, you know, an a celebrity pastor, just ordinary guy. And, um, actually, yeah, either way, there's, there's a couple other famous pastors, uh, that, that also teach it. And it's, I mean, but everyone knows they're blasphemous teachers. And well, at least I hope so. Well, Yeah. I know there's certain people that are deceived. Yes. Yeah, so either way, um, you have the the Steve and, and Olstein and you know the whole elevation and all them guys. Uh, they love to take scriptures out of context so that they can teach something. But here's the thing: I I did come from a so-called church that that was 
And they pretty much are. But what happens is in these denominations, people teach different things. So I've heard it where it's, you know, God gave me a piece. And it's like, no, I, I, then I was like, okay. So that I would pray and ask for things. And I wasn't looking to the Bible. I was looking within me. You know, like when the, the new age people tell you, look within inside you. Everything is inside you. Your soul. Only in Christianese we say the spirit. And, and that's the interesting thing. So the difference between new age and Christianity, new age, is that where new age says it's in you, you are, uh, they... Basically, in Christian, you say it's the Holy Spirit. You know, it's God who gave you that. You know, it's God who says, you know, seek within you. Wait, no, that's the force. <sighs> Anyways, <laughs> it, 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 so disgusting. It is because ministry is not easy. Ministry, especially in today's day and age, it's not peaceful. There's going to be turmoil. And that's okay. We should have peace that we're going to have turmoil. Do you see the difference? God has reconciled us to him and given us peace with him. We should have peace that whether we're persecuted or not, it's okay because I'm, I'm cool with God. He, he's given me peace. There is no enmity. There's no beef between me and God anymore. It's not about your decisions. It's not about whether or not you should put on blue shoes or red shoes. It's, it's, it's not about that. And, it, and it's so sad. It's sad. I mean, it's aggravating when, when I hear people who should know better. But it's aggravating because read your Bible. And, and for anyone listening to this, you, you want to make a decision, right? Obviously, please, don't, don't go to God about what shoes you wear. I was, I was being sarcastic. But you want to make a real decision in your life, whether a career, whether this. Pray about it. But see, don't pray, God, give, give me a piece about it. Pray, God, let your will be done. I'm going to take steps forward. I'm, I'm going to pursue this angle, Right? If it's from you, awesome. If it's not from you, awesome. Because you're awesome. You know? I, I just want to be where you want me to be. I, I, I want to be where you will me to be. And then you grab your Bible. And you read. Read about God's will. Uh, encourage yourself. With whatever God decides, have a peace about it. And you can read all these scriptures about God wanting our good, God wanting what's best for us, God wanting to, to take care of the needs, right? The whole sparrow thing and all that. And you should have peace in who God is, not in what God's going to do for you. Do, do you understand that? Have peace with who 
God is. How do you find out who God is? Pick up your Bible. Your Bible. I, I like what one teacher says. You want to hear God speak out loud? Read your Bible out loud. And I've said this a hundred times. That's how much I love that saying. You want to know what God's will is? Pray, read, take steps. If he's in control of all things, then there's nothing that's going to be outside of his will. If you allow him. If you allow him. Because there's so many times that we want to get in the way of what God wants. And because of free will... He says, this is what I will. And don't get it twisted. He's God. He is God. You're not even going to make a decision. Even when you are thinking that you're going to go against God's will, he already knew that. He already had that. It's already a part of the plan. And how do I know that? Well, think of David. Think of David. You think God wanted David to sin with Bathsheba and then murder her husband? No, no. It's not what God wanted for David. But David's punishment came through. But do I think that God said, well, I guess Solomon's going to be the, the king next. You know? No. This is about, you know, omnipresence, omnipotence, all that, right? And I don't want to go too far off on that. But here's the thing. We, as Christians, right, we, we call ourselves Christians. We, we want to follow. We want to worship God. We love God. It's all about God. Our lives are, well, what does the scripture say? Uh, to give our lives as a living sacrifice, right? It is no longer us that die, but this new being that, that is made to worship God. That's what we are as Christians. Then shouldn't we want whatever God wills, whatever God wants, whatever God has set forth as a plan? Isn't that what we want? You know, he, we, we call him Abba. Don't we want to make daddy happy? Don't we want daddy to be I don't know, proud in a sense of us, you know, like a, like a father to a child. We do everything. At least I know I did. I wanted to make my father proud and not in the sinful pride. I'm talking about in the sense of the vernacular of today where we can be proud of someone. You know, my son, he, he 16 years old and there's times that he thinks like a 20 year old and then there's times he thinks like a 16 year old but when he thinks like a 20 year old and he does all these things for the family and he's not being asked to do something but he sees something that needs to get done and he goes and does it right i'm, I'm wondering does he pray for god's people no anyways he sees that something is needed he doesn't wait for me to get home and do it he doesn't wait for me to get home and ask me because he knows that he can do it then I come home, I find out there, there's something less for me to do, and he took care of it. I'm proud of him. And my other children do whatever it is, but I'm proud of them. As Christians, isn't that what we want from us to God? Well, let's see. We, we all say we want to hear, well done, good and faithful, my best friend. No, that's not what he says. What's that word at the end of that? Oh, my dearest child. No, no, that's not it either. 
My cutest. Nope, that's not it either. Best singer. No, that's not it either. Hmm. Twister of. Oh, no, no, that's definitely not it. Oh, servant. The word is servant. Hmm. Good and faithful. Servant. Hmm. But the sad part is that the damage has already been done. And, and I'm pretty sure a lot of the people who do listen and tune in have heard, heard this. Some may use it. Some may say it. Some may have made that a, a you know, their own Christianese thing that they live by. And I'm sorry. But I, I didn't start this podcast to be a panderer or, or someone that you know, it's going to tell you a lie just to make you feel better. I, I wanted to clear out a lot of things because here, here's how I feel at least. I'd rather walk the narrow road that is, is not easy it's not broad. It's a difficult one. And be on God's good grace. Then to be on the narrow road. I'm sorry, narrow road. No, no, no. On the wide, open road. Deceiving myself. Or deceiving others. You're not going to feel a peace about everything. The peace is between you and God. And that is beyond understanding. Whether I make a left or a right, whatever my decision should be, my peace should not be on the decision that I made. It should be on the fact that if I, I go left or right, I, God will be there. Amen. Amen. Regardless the decision that I make as a Christian, God will be there. And if it was the wrong decision, then he will funnel me through actions to the right decision. But he is God also. Well, he is God, period. He's not going to give me peace about sin. My deceitful, wicked heart will convince me that I have peace so that I can follow it to sin. Because that's what our hearts are, deceitfully wicked. Who knows them? God does. So when you feel a peace about sin, it's not God. That's you. That's Satan. He's an imitator. He knows how to imitate what's peace. And do you think that the enemy is going to give you conflict when you're trying to follow what separates you from God? He'd have to be stupid. And that he is not. It doesn't make sense. And so many people use this cliche so that they can self-gratify, so that they can sin, so that they can hurt others, so that they can put that over. I, I, I've, um, I've had pastors tell other people, oh, 
uh, no, you know what? I don't want you to do this because I don't have a piece about it. And using that to, to spiritually abuse, to use that to manipulate people, to shut them down because they didn't want to say yes. And because they didn't have the huspa, the goal, the anything to say no, they used God as a reason of no. And who can argue with God? Again, the first example, I want to go somewhere else. You know how many people caught in adultery said that they felt a peace about it? And I'm not talking about the world. I am talking about the church. The world's messed up. We all know that. We're, we're definitely in the age where what's good is considered bad and what's bad and evil and disgusting is considered good and is celebrated. That's the world. That's what they're supposed to be doing. But as the light, as the Christian people, that's not what we should be doing, whether we feel a peace about it or not. And if you feel a peace about it, understand where your peace is coming from. This is all important stuff to know and it's stuff to live by. And it's kind of sad that people have to say these things, but we, we have allowed the world to creep into the church, the new ageism, the, uh, what, what is it? The progressives today, all, all this, this stuff that we've allowed this, this new, it's not even new. It's been around forever. There's nothing new under the sun, but this this, this way that this country's running now, we've allowed that to get into the church. You got pastors, so-called pastors, celebrating sin, blatant, disgusting sin, because they feel a peace about it. It's not peace. And it's not from God. So my brothers and sisters, you want to know what God wants? Read your Bible. Read it. Oh, but, 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 but I, 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 and, and I love another teaching. It's interesting because lately at work, um, so I can tone out everything. I've just been listening to message after message, after message, after message, after message, after message. No. <laughs> so <laughs> it's how I tone everything around and I'm just staring at a computer all day. So it's not like I'm not working. I am doing my job, but I'll listen to, to different sermons, different translations of the Bible, stuff like that. It's, it's, I have ADD, so it actually helps me concentrate. But I, I heard a, a pastor give an example of someone wanting to go somewhere as a missionary. And that, that the day before, you know what? I don't even have to give that example. Years ago, years, years ago, me and my lady... Um, we were talking, you know, ministry, where, where can we go? Where can we be effective in, you know, we were a part of a, a big church. So it was like, you know, what do we do? It's, it's so many people here and it's not that they were doing anything for the neighborhood, but either way, uh, we were thinking because of how grateful we are to God and what he's done in our lives and in our family. And the fact that we got through something so tragic with his strength and, and, and just, we, we felt him, you know, his presence in our lives so much more while we were going through tragedy. It, figuratively speaking, he was holding us up and spiritually, 
literally, spiritually, we knew, we knew, we knew he was a part of, of our pain and everything we we're going through. And he, it, it was supernatural how, how we made it through. And I mean, I'm, I'm grateful to God because I was worried about what this would do to me and my wife as a person, as, as in our souls, like, would it be enough to distract us from our relationship with God? And thank God it wasn't. But we were thinking of going to Puerto Rico to minister. And we had all the greatest reasons. I mean, well, that night we talked about it. Next morning, Puerto Rico, and this was going on in Puerto Rico. There was a video about Puerto Rico. On my way to work, uh, something on the radio said Puerto Rico. Uh, I researched it, and there was a huge community of, of Jewish people there that are Orthodox and weren't being reached. Uh, even worse for me, the <laughs> the denomination that I was a part of, they have a, a church there in Puerto Rico. Uh, by the way, Puerto Rico speaks Spanish. That's That's our native tongue. It's Spanish. And they had a church there that did not speak Spanish. Their pastor didn't speak Spanish. Uh, members that were elders and, you know, those that, that were supposed to minister to Puerto Rico, God made, like, the biggest mistake and said, you know what? I know you guys aren't going to understand each other, but we're going to send you anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that no one wanted to go to a beautiful island. <laughs> okay. But, you know, God God must have made a mistake, and he was like, hey, we're going to send uh, you guys, and none of you, none of you speak Spanish. Okay. That, that didn't make sense. But, hey, maybe they can minister to the people who speak English that are visiting there. Or maybe the idea was, well, if they speak English, that means they probably, anyways, I'm not going to get into all that. But it was the only church that I knew of that normally would teach the Bible expository straight through, so on and so forth, yada, yada, yada. But they didn't speak Spanish. And I felt that that was such a disadvantage to, to my people in Puerto Rico because they don't speak English. And we have Spanish-speaking people here in America that could go there or anywhere that speaks Spanish to help them in Spanish. It's very interesting. So one of my favorite pastors, Paul Washer, right? You look at Paul Washer. He speaks really good Spanish. And he did a lot of his ministry in South America. Actually, I think his wife is from where he went to do ministry at. So I, I, I would love to ask him, did you learn Spanish first or did you learn Spanish while you were there? I've heard messages of his in Spanish. And let me tell you, un, I understood it. It was, it was good Spanish, a little accent, but it was good. He didn't have an interpreter. Hmm. It's and, and this is the thing, like, I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel that if, if God's going to send someone somewhere, they're going to be able to communicate. Because that would just be so much easier. Or he'll provide a way for, for people to communicate. But either way, I just found that strange. So it, 
it was like, wow. And then I talked to the pastor and he said that they would um, support our family, you know, for the first couple whatevers when we get out there, like missionaries. And all of that, within day after day after day, it, <clears throat> it, it was almost like, hey, is God giving me a sign? Uh, you know, this... Mm, all these things are, are, are popping up, and it was like, wow, you know. So we continued to pray. God eventually gave us that hard to know uh, because every reason I had to go went bad quickly as well. So I'm not at Puerto Rico because I waited on God to give me an answer, but I, but I had a piece about it. I, I, I had a piece about it because he was showing me in TV or so I thought he was getting people to talk to me about it. And then the research showed me the need for it and so on and so forth and everything. I had a piece about it. So we said, okay. And we started to make moves to go and everything said no. Everything. The people who said uh, about, you know, helping us get there and, and, and supporting us as missionaries out there, they were lying. They just wanted to sound good in front of people that were there. Uh, the place where we were affiliated with, is they were supposed to help us get to the completely other side from where they were. They lied because they didn't want another one from that denomination there. Because, you know, we, we Christians, we compete, you know, uh, whatever, either way. But everything pointed to a no. But I, I felt peace about it. So was God playing with me? Sarcasm, just in case you didn't catch that. You know, was God wrong? Did God change his mind? No, just, it was just a no, and I'm fine with it. God sends where he wants. God does what he wants, and I'm okay with it because I am not above God. I am a servant. So with this message that, that the person was teaching, it was kind of like the story I just told you about us wanting to go to Puerto Rico, and, and someone was saying that, and someone kept saying, this place, this place, whatever, yada, 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 then I saw this, then I that, and then this person that happened to be at the job, his name was this, and I was like, yo, like, like that sounds so familiar. Wow. That sounds so familiar. Because I lived it. And I, I believe the whole thing about peace about it. The good thing is, is that because I was getting my answers from what I read in scriptures, that when it was no, and I came to live out that it's false, the whole peace thing about it, that I didn't crumble, that I didn't say, oh God, you hate me, and get bitter with God. I was okay with the no. Actually, I was really okay because <laughs> 
I don't ever want to go back to Puerto Rico. Not the way the government is working out there. It's bad here. It's even worse there. I'm happy in America. I'm happy where I'm at. Well, maybe not in New Jersey. I might move into like the Midwest or whatever, but I'm happier here than I would ever be over there unless that's what God wanted. But it was already shut down and I'm okay with that because I'm at peace with God. So, I'm pretty sure I've made it even pretty clear and I've used decent amount of examples. So, if you guys disagree and you can biblically show me where I am wrong, please do so. If you agree and you've learned this lesson already, write it in the comments. Share that with everyone else. That's, that's why we gather as a church so that our testimonials and things that we learn through the Bible, we can share those together and grow together. If you want to say what's up, you already know how to say what's up in the description. I have all the ways people can reach me. Say what's up. And uh, you, most of you guys already know where I pretty much lean my topics towards. If you'd like, also read in the comments any other topic you'd like me to tackle. Also, I'm still learning, trying to do. I think my thing with going live is, is that I want to do a good job. And... and I like get discouraged about it. And I'm still asking people for help on the easiest way to go live without being just a click of a button and hey, here I am and so on and so forth. But whatever. If you guys want to help out with that as well, please do so. Otherwise, God bless you guys. Love you guys. Peace. Thank you for dropping by. Please remember to subscribe, to share, like, and to catch the next one.